have heard this message. Uh, different ministers have preached it through the years, but tonight we are going to talk about Jesus, our Jubilee. Yay! Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Jesus is our Jubilee. The word Jubilee simply means the one that sets free. Hallelujah! How many of you are glad you've been set free? You've been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. I am so glad that sin, Satan, has no power over me. I have been delivered. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen? Well, the background of Jubilee, it actually was a feast time in uh, the Jewish history and on their calendar, and it happened every 50th year. The criteria for this year of Jubilee is found in Leviticus chapter 25. So we'll start there tonight. We're going to read out of the New King James, most of these passages, Leviticus 25, verse 9 through 13. (coughs) Then you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement, you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all of your land. It was a trumpet sounding that the year of Jubilee is about to begin. And it wasn't just a one-day event. It was a year-long celebration. Hallelujah! And when the people heard this particular trumpet sound, they knew we're fixing to have an awesome year. We're about to have a year of deliverance. We're about to have a year when those that are bound are going to be set free, when those possessions that have been stolen from us are going to be returned, when those debts that we have incurred are going to be released. Woo! I know they were happy when they heard that trumpet blow. Amen? Then he goes on, and we know that it was every 50th year, because he goes on and he says here, And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family." That 50th year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your unattended vine. For it is the jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat its produce from the field. In the year of jubilee, each of you shall return his possession." Now, as I was reading this, I did a little research, and some of you that are are really good historians, you may know this. But this just thrilled my heart. Let me give you a little history fact about our nation. Any of you know what the Liberty Bell is? The Liberty Bell stands outside of Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And inscribed on it, if you'll look up the Liberty Bell, inscribed on it are these words out of Leviticus 25.10 that say, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. And it has Leviticus 25.10. That's on our liberty bell. 
Glory to God. That just made me happy because I began to think about everything in our history. Our nation was founded on godly principles. The scriptures that are in our declaration of independence, our constitution interwoven in it as Bible principles all over the place. Even our educational documents where where the schools were founded and began, they were all based upon the word of the living God. And I was thinking about that in Jubilee, it says everything shall be returned to its owner. Anything that was stolen shall be returned to its owner. And when I saw that picture of the Liberty Bell and those words inscribed upon there out of this chapter, my heart began to get happy. And I began to think, you know, it's time for us to declare jubilee over our nation. It's time for us to say in the name of the Lord that this, our nation shall return to its rightful owner. That our nation is not going to bow its knee to other religions and to false gods. But our nation is going to bow its knee. And our nation is going to say once again, in God we do trust. That's inscribed on our money and they are not taking that off in the name of Jesus. In God we do trust. Our nation, one nation under God. Hallelujah. We're declaring jubilee over our nation. We are saying that it is returning to its rightful owner. God created and founded the United States of America. This land from sea to shining sea, from border to border and coast to coast, belongs to God and it's covered in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Everybody say this. Jesus is Lord over the United States of America. Our nation belongs to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's just a little side thought there, but I got so happy. When I started to think about that. Hallelujah. Year of Jubilee. This is what it meant to the Jewish people. We already said it. I'll recap it. It meant all bondmen were freed. All debts were forgiven. Ooh, I wish that still happened today. Yay. All possessions were returned. Can you imagine the anticipation, the excitement? When they were getting close, it was the 49th year. Ten more days to go. Nine more days to go. One more day to go. And we're going to hear that trumpet. Can you imagine how happy they were getting? And they were going to celebrate for a whole year about being set free. And jubilee. I love that word. I just love that word. Jubilee. It's awesome, isn't it? Well, the prophet Isaiah, he knew this uh, passage here in Leviticus, and he prophesied of a time when Jubilee would no longer be a year or a celebration, but Jubilee would take the form of a person, of a redeemer, who would come and permanently set 
mankind free. And that passage is found over in Isaiah chapter 61. So let's look over there. Verse, we'll begin at verse uh, 1. Isaiah chapter 61. Don't you love the Word of God? Oh, it's so good. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed the Lord, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, that's what jubilee means, liberty, to the captives, the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. You and I are trees of righteousness. We have been planted in the kingdom of our God. And when we accept Jesus as Lord, we come into that place where we've got on this garment of heaviness. How many of you were heavied out before you received Jesus? Oppressed, sick, broke, broke, busted, and disgusted. And when you come into the kingdom of God, he says, I'm going to give you a new garment. You take off that robe of unworthiness. You take off that robe of heaviness and that robe of sin and oppression. And I'm going to give you a brand new cloak. I'm going to give you a brand new coat. I'm giving you a garment of praise. Hallelujah. Anybody in here want to just take a moment and praise the Lord? Oh, we thank you. That for a brand new life, we thank you for making us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, we thank you for giving us a garment of praise. Hallelujah. Woo! For giving us the oil of joy. For a spirit of mourning. We're not sad anymore. We're not full of sorrow anymore. He's given us a song. And the song that we sing, it's a song of the redeemed. Oh, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. Woo! He's redeemed me. He's made me righteous. Hallelujah. The prophet... Isaiah, he saw this one coming who would do this for all who would call upon our Redeemer's name. He said that he's going to come and he's going to preach good news, good tidings to the poor. This includes both spiritual and financial poverty. He said, I'm going to preach good news. If you're not born again, you're poor spiritually. And the good news is you can be born again. 
If you're poor in the natural, you don't have anything and your needs aren't being met. He said, I'm going to preach good news that you don't have to be poor no more. Because our Redeemer redeemed us, spirit, soul, and body. And our Redeemer said, I'm going to meet all of your needs. I'll supply all of your needs. Is that good news? That's what he said. I'm going to come. He's coming to preach good news. He's coming to heal the brokenhearted. The gospel not only gives us eternal life in our spirit, but it gives us divine healing in our bodies. That's good news. And it also, he said, I will heal the brokenhearted. People come into the kingdom of God with all sorts of hurts, wounds, bruises, beat up by life, broken down in their emotional in their emotions. But he said he's coming to heal the brokenhearted. Anybody in here ever been a recipient of that healing power? Oh, thank you, Lord. He covered every single area. He said, I'm going to, he's coming to proclaim liberty to the captives. Opening of the prison doors to those who are bound. Comfort those who mourn. Oh, thank God for his comfort. We've already said this one. The all of joy for a spirit of sadness. Beauty for ashes. Aren't you glad that he can take a life? That has been destroyed. That life that has been wrecked by sin and wrongdoing. A life that is literally a heap of ashes. And he can take it and make something beautiful out of those ashes. He said, your Redeemer, your Jubilee, he's going to make beauty out of those ashes. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? Well, the Jews, they knew this passage very well. And so did Jesus. That's why it was significant when he turned to it and began to read out it, but as recorded in Luke chapter 4. Now listen to this. Many take the prophecy, I read this in a commentary, of Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, to speak of a year of jubilee. So the prophet Isaiah was prophesying what happens in a year of jubilee, but that also A person was going to come and fulfill it. Since Jesus read this passage in Nazareth, in that synagogue where he had been brought up, and at the beginning of his ministry, some say that Jesus' ministry began in the year of Jubilee. It's very significant that he turned and read this passage in Isaiah And we can see that it was recorded as he began to read it over in Luke chapter 4. So let's look as Jesus read the prophet Isaiah. Luke chapter 4 beginning in verse 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. I find it very interesting that the place that he decided to reveal who he was was his hometown. And also, isn't it cool that it says, as his custom was, Jesus 
was a churchgoer. Jesus was faithful to go to the synagogue. You can't say it was somebody's custom if they just dropped by occasionally. No, this was his hometown. This is the synagogue where he went to worship on a regular basis. And they knew him there. And they trusted him there because he says, it says, he stood up to read. In verse 17, they handed him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Here we go again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You know, they saw something different on Jesus. It was his custom to go there and to read the scriptures. But this particular day, this beginning of the year of Jubilee, when he stood up to read this, those people saw something they'd never seen. They saw an anointing on him like never before because this was right after he had been to the Jordan River and he had been baptized by John the Baptist. The the dove had ascended from heaven and a voice from heaven had said, This is my beloved son. Woo! He got baptized in water. The anointing, the Holy Spirit represented as a dove, had come down upon him, had given him power to begin his earthly ministry. From that moment on, everything he did was with a new power and with an unction and anointing. That congregation, when he stood up, he said, give me that scroll out of Isaiah. And he began to read it with an unction and authority like never before. And then he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. They didn't know what to do or think all they knew was there was a difference in their hometown boy today. Jesus had read this passage and he told them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled. What he was literally saying is, Yay, for Jubilee year, but it's no longer going to be every 50 years as celebration. Your Jubilee has come and I am He. Woo! That very day, Jubilee went from being a celebration to being a person. And Jesus boldly declared, you're looking at your Jubilee. Hallelujah. You think they would have been thrilled. But they weren't. 
they were fine when their hometown boy was one of them. When their hometown boy was just another maybe prophet that stood up to read the scripture. But they didn't receive what he was telling them. We'll see this in verse 22. So all bore witness to him. They marveled at his gracious words. They recognized something new on him, which proceeded out of his mouth. But instead of saying, yay, our jubilee has come, what did they say? Well, he did speak some pretty good things today. Hmm, they marveled at his gracious words. But what did they say? But this is just Joseph's son. This is the kid next door. This is just my neighbor. That's the carpenter's son. He can't be our jubilee. They didn't know who was in their midst. They didn't recognize their Messiah had come. They didn't embrace that the prophecy of Isaiah was being fulfilled in their very midst. How many people today say, oh, you know, Jesus was a good man. Jesus was a prophet. Jesus was a good teacher. That's not enough. Jesus was a good man. Jesus was a prophet. But Jesus was, is, and forever will be the Son of the living God. He's our Redeemer. He's our Savior. He's our soon-coming King. Hallelujah. He is and will forever be our Jubilee. The one who sets Men free. Hallelujah. The one who paid the supreme price for our redemption. That's what they should have said. But they didn't. But you and I are declaring it. We receive it. We know who he is. Hallelujah. And we're going to proclaim it. Jesus is our jubilee. I like how the passage here in verse 18 and 19 of this chapter reads in the Amplified. It's even more direct. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. The anointed one. He's saying, I am the anointed one. And then He goes on to say, I'm the Messiah. I'm called. I'm here to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to announce release to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. To set forth as delivered those who are oppressed. And then I love these words here because it speaks of hurting humanity. He has sent me to those that are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity. But Jesus said, I'm here to lift them up. And I found this interesting where it says announce release. I just went and looked up the word announce. And it means this. To declare publicly. To give formal notice. You know if somebody has been wrongly accused. And perhaps even be imprisoned. And they, they weren't guilty. And the day comes when they're innocent is proven. It's a good day when the governor or whoever will get up and publicly announce they're being released. I've declared publicly 
that they were wrongly accused and were opening the prison door and they are being released. Well, Jesus said, I'm here to announce publicly that those that call upon my name, even though they are guilty, even though they should pay the price for their sin, I'm here to announce publicly that I'm paying the price, that I'm opening the prison door, that thing that they should have to carry, that thing that they should have to bear, I'm bearing it for them. Woo! That just made me happy. Jesus announced release. He gave formal notice to the devil. Formal notice to all the lies of the enemy. Formal notice to anything that would try to come and put bondage in our lives. He's declared formal notice. No way. They're released. I'm announcing I paid for their freedom. Amen. Then he said that they're spiritual, that those that have been broken down, bruised, crushed by calamity. The world is full of broken people. The world is full of people that have literally been crushed by the weight of sin the weight of cares and worries and anxieties. The enemy likes to push people down. But Jesus is the one who says, I am the lifter. I am the glory. And I am the lifter of your head. The enemy may have tried to push you down. But come unto me, all you that are laboring and are heavy laden. I'll take that yoke off of you. I'll cause you to rise back up. You might have been even knocked down in life since you've been a Christian. But you don't have to stay down. Hallelujah. Jesus will cause you to bounce right back up. He's the one that lifts up the downtrodden. When our boys were little, they were kind of into, especially James was into this wrestling stuff, like Hawk Hogan and Roddy Rowdy Piper and some of those guys. And there was this little blow-up thing. Was that of Hulk Hogan? Do you remember? It was like a little balloon thing. You'd blow up and you'd punch it and it'd go all the way down to the ground. And then after a few seconds, it poof, it'd bounce right back up and hit you if you didn't get out of the way. And that's how we are. The devil might come and do his hardest punch and say, okay, you're down. But as soon as he turns his back, woo, we bounce back up and hit him in the backside. Woo, glory to God. Don't let him keep you down. Just like Jesus rose up. He rose up. He rose up out of the grave. You can rise up out of any pit of despair. Don't stay downtrodden. Jesus said, I'm here to announce release. Hallelujah. To proclaim your liberty and your freedom. Jesus proclaimed it for us. And we need to proclaim it. Proclaim your freedom from what? Well, you know what kind of things try to bind you. But we should all be proclaiming, I am not a slave to sin any longer. I am free. 
I am not in bondage to sickness and disease any longer. My Redeemer bore that for me. I am not bound by lack and poverty any longer. He came to preach good news to the poor. And that good news is I don't got to be poor no more. He was made poor for me. And because of that, I am made rich. I have a full supply. Speak our liberty. Declare our freedom. What about fear? That's a big thing that tries to bind people. But Jesus said, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. Amen. Don't let it get its clutches on you and bind and oppress you. Amen. He said to proclaim The acceptable year of the Lord. That's verse. Actually, I want to read that one. Verse 19. This is what else he said he was anointed to do. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. The day when salvation and everybody read that last part with me. And free favors of God profusely abound. Let's say that again. Free favors of God profusely abound. That sounds like abundance to me. An abundance of favor. Jesus said, this day of salvation is coming. And we're in that day. He died already. He rose already. The plan of salvation has been ratified. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the day. This is the accepted year of the Lord. This is our day of salvation. And when we come into the kingdom of God, along with salvation, we ought to be declared... I'm getting the free favor of God. Favor of God is abounding in my life. Psalms 5.12 says that he, the righteous are encompassed about with favor as with a shield. Woo! You ought to see that wherever I go. The favor of the Lord goes before me. The favor of the Lord is surrounding me. As with a shield. When something surrounds you, it's on your front, it's in your back, it's at the side, it's on the top of you, it's all over you. Favor. The fog, the favor of God is heavy and weighty upon me because Jesus said, I have come that the favor of God would profusely abound in your life. Now this same passage, Luke 4:19 in the message, just this one little phrase, I love this. He announced, "This is God's year to act." God's year to act. Woo! We started out the beginning of this year. We're declaring it. It's the year of the greater. It's the year of favor. It's the year when God's going to do great and mighty things. I believe that this is God's year to act. This is God's time to do 
supernatural, exceedingly, abundantly above in our lives. Think of it. Jesus' birth, Jesus' ministry, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection. It all happened according to God's plan. It was already prophesied in great detail and it came to pass. And when the scripture says this is God's year to act, we can take it. Whatever year you're in, if you're in your 50th year, well, that's awesome. You ought to begin to declare, this is my year of jubilee. Yay. But you know what? I'm in my 59th, almost to be 60, but it's still my year of jubilee. And I'm declaring that this is God's year to act in my life, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what I could ask or think. Amen. That's a good confession. Lord, I'm believing it. You're my jubilee. This is your time to act and to show yourself strong in my life. All that was prophesied about Jesus came to pass. All that has been prophesied about this time that we are living in, it shall all come to pass. Those words of God, and you know they were from Him. And they came and they lodged deep in your spirit. I encourage you to hold on to those words. This is God's year to act. It shall all come to pass. In the name of Jesus, He has said the best for last. It shall all come to pass. Now, the year of Jubilee, it began with a sounding of a trumpet that signalized freedom. It is time for the church to blow our trumpets. (laughs) However your trumpet sounds. It's time to make a sound. It's time to declare some things. Now, we may not literally get a little trumpet out and do-do-do-do, but how do we sound our alarm? How do we declare? It's with our mouth, with our words. We declare our freedom. Blow the trumpet in Zion over in Joel chapter 2. That chapter has that that recorded several times. In verse 15, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. We sing about it. We do the little dance about it. But this was an awesome thing. When they heard that trumpet sounded, they knew that God was getting ready to speak. God was getting ready to, to declare some things. I need to get over there. Joel. Chapter 2. Wasn't going to go there, but we're going there. Yay. Look in verse 21. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. The new King James, the the old King James says the Lord will do. But don't you like the new King James? For the Lord has done. Woo! Our jubilee has done some marvelous things. And how are we going to have them happen in our life? First of all, 
We can't be in fear. You can't be in fear that nothing is ever going to change. You can't be all bound up saying, well, you know, I'm never going to be free. This isn't ever going to happen. That's not ever going to happen. No, we can't fear. Then what else do we have to do? We got to be glad and we got to rejoice. They were glad in the year of Jubilee. Don't you know they were happy? Don't you know they rejoiced when that trumpet sounded of freedom? But he's saying here, I'm blowing that trumpet and I'm telling you to be glad because I'm going to do and I've already done some marvelous things. Then the whole rest of that chapter tells about restoration. Could you use some restoration? Could you use some returning of things that the enemy has tried to steal? He said here, oh, this is where we're living today. In verse 23, be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain together. Be glad. Rejoice. We're in the time of rain, of outpouring. Hallelujah. And then if the enemy's tried to steal anything from you, look at verse 26. I will restore. Everybody say, actually verse 25. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts and all of these horrible locusts and beasts and Insects tried to come and take away. But he said, I will restore. I think it's time to blow some trumpets. It's time to declare some freedom in this place. It's time to get happy. Glory to God. Nobody leaves till you shout the victory. If you want to go home, get happy real quick. (laughs) Woo, hallelujah. You ought to be happy about this. Look at verse 26. You will eat in plenty. That makes me happy. Y'all like plenty to eat? I like plenty to eat. Good stuff. And be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dwelt with you wondrously. And my people shall never be put to shame. We are not to have to be ashamed that we are called by his name. We don't have to hide that we praise and worship him. Our nation is returning to its rightful owner. And that is God's people. Hallelujah. We're going to declare some things in here tonight. So everybody stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Yeah, get your trumpets out. I should have brought a little horn or something. (laughs) Well, you're doing pretty good. Get on the microphone and blow your (laughs) trumpets. They had a trumpet that they blew, but we do it with our words. Tonight, we're going to declare some things. I believe the word has spoke for itself. How many of you received the word of God? How many of you are happy? Happy, happy, happy.